You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, Trump is 22 and 0 at this moment for his candidates that he endorsed, and they all won. Ladies, what do you think? Oh, I think it's fantastic, Linda. I mean, it's very interesting because I think there was some question beforehand about what sort of influence he was going to have on the election. And and does he really have, um, you know, sort of the hold on the, the Republican Party like like everybody was sort of talking about? And it was I think it was fa- fantastic that he kind of pulled it out. It was almost like, you know, here comes Trump. He's building his 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 group of people again and he's preparing himself for his own run. Yeah, I agree, Elisa. I think that this definitely solidifies Donald Trump as the kingmaker for the GOP. And to get elected or to move forward, you really have to go through Donald Trump to do so. So it was an amazing night in um, Indiana and Ohio. And now we'll see how it moves forward for Pennsylvania with some of his endorsements there that are very... um, interesting for the MAGA movement. As as we get into this season of primaries, uh, we already had ours in Texas and um, a disappointing 17% of the voters showed up for that, but things did go our way. But as we get into more and more of these primaries coming up, it's just, I get excited. It's, It's really interesting. I'm kind of a primary and election junkie. I like to watch what's going on, but you know, I mean, J.D. Vance is a guy who he, he wasn't really on the radar to be at the top until President Trump endorsed him and went to Ohio and, you know, did a, uh, a big rally there. So, you know, it, it, he was a kingmaker. You're absolutely right there. He was a kingmaker. So, I, you know, I don't know. Do you do you both or e- either of you, do you think he's really going to make a run in 24? It's certainly looks like it. Um, I think he is going to, I think there are, there are some interesting issues surrounding that. I mean, of course, you know, I, I was very much a Trump supporter and still am. Um, but I gotta say, I do have some issues with the way he's handled certain things and, and no candidates perfect. I get that. But I think that I really feel like he should let go of, you know, having the the 2020 election stolen from him and move on to some things that really matter to to more of the majority of people like inflation and all, you know, crime and all these issues that are are causing so much trouble in the country now. So, you know, the other thing I I hope that he does if he does decide if he does move forward with his campaign I really hope that this time around, and I don't know if he's got it in him, but I am really hoping that he tones down some of the um, the attacks that he makes on people that disagree with him and some of the, the you know, just, just calling people names and some of the things that, I don't know, that seem a little bit more on the immature side of things. If he could just sort of tone that down a little bit, I think that he would have, I think it'd be a, a no brainer for him. 
Well, I, I somewhat agree with you um, on most of your points. I live in Florida and I actually live fairly close to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, it's just a, about a 15 mile drive from where I am. Um, I, I don't think he's going to let go of the 2020 and I don't necessarily think he should let go of the 2020 because we do have to know what happened um, and how we can fix it because it won't matter who runs if we don't fix the election laws and, and some of the shenanigans that were going on with that or supposed. So I think it's, it's fair game for him to talk about that. But as long as he doesn't, I mean, obviously you're going to have spoiled grapes, right? I mean, your uh, ego as big as his and an opportunity as big as his to be taken away um, for his second presidency in his mind is probably wishful thinking that he's going to let it go because it's just not in his style or his DNA to do that. Um, but I, my, when people talk in Florida here about him running, you know, I, I run in many circles, whether they're independents, Democrats, Republicans, and most Republicans, you know, in Florida, obviously adore Donald Trump. However, many of them say exactly what Elisa said. I, a lot of them hope he does dial down his rhetoric, which I doubt he will, but most of them really don't want him to run. I have a lot of Republican friends who they love him and they get it. And they, number one, they think he would be the best president, but they're worried that it'll just be too dynamic and conjure up, you know, all kinds of, you know, animosity between Democrats and independents. And then I know, I know a lot of independents that say to me, I really want to vote for a Republican. I just don't want to vote for Donald Trump. So I think um, here in Florida, we see him with a lot of people coming and going at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, anybody who, as you say, want to be wants to be appointed or anointed is <laughs> running through the gates of Mar-a-Lago as we speak. And there all of his strategists are there. The question is not will he run, it's will Melania run with him? And I think that is one of the key factors. I don't think she wants to run again. I don't think she wants to live in the White House. And if he does decide to run, I think that's going to be a problem for him. Uh, you know, I, I, I've heard that before, but I, I really thought that she had his back with, with running again. I, I, I agree with both of you in a lot of ways there with, you know, I'd like to see him run because I feel the election was stolen from him. I absolutely in my heart believe that he won that election by far. And there, there was so much fraud and the frustration for America, um, especially for conservatives, but really it should be for everybody was that courts and um, secretaries of state and whoever the people are that should have looked at this, they kept rejecting looking at this, that, that was really upsetting to me. I feel like if Joe Biden won fair and square, 
then that's what they would have found out. And then, you know, we could all move on, but we, we could never move on because nothing was ever really done. And now that they're doing things at the back end, they are finding that there was loads and loads of fraud that more people voted than were even uh, there to vote. You know, there, there was so many different issues. It's not one issue. It was a lot of issues. So I would like to see Donald Trump be president because I think that the election was stolen from him. On the other hand, I totally agree with he needs to tone down his rhetoric and he's not going to do it because that's not who he is. <laughs> so therefore, it's going to be a divisive presidency again. I mean, that four years was painful to go through, although I just I think that he did the best job as president in our time. I, I, I absolutely do. I mean, he took this country way ahead. And look where we are in one year of Joe Biden, just one year. I mean, it is it is completely reversed. We are in not, not we, but sort of we. Uh, are in a a huge war that could have nuclear weapon consequences. We we are in a mess all over the world. We have high inflation. We have, uh, you you name the problem and we've got it right now. So, I mean, that that is what a good president means to this country. And, And I think Donald Trump was a great president. What happened to him was, I don't think him at all. It was people doing things to him. Hillary with her, Russia Gate, uh, and and you know, oh gosh, all all of the people that we could talk about in the Senate and the Congress that that made up things about him and that spied on him and did you know he, he was playing defense the entire time and yet he ran the country better than anybody in modern history. So it, it's really it's it's tough, but. You know, you, you have a great governor there, and we're going to talk about that in a while. You have a great governor there in, in uh, DeSantis in Florida who would make a wonderful president. But I, I have some questions I want to ask you about that a little bit later to see how that would how that would all play out. Okay. But that being said, Trump is a kingmaker, and we're moving on to more primaries, and he's endorsing more people. So I think it's kind of exciting. What do you think about, um, I'm sorry, what do you think about um, him endorsing Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania? That was a very startling endorsement for him because most of the true to true MAGA people are not big fans of Dr. Oz. They feel that he is a wolf in sheep's clothing and that he has extremely liberal views that he has, obviously he's a media star, so he's on the record of saying all these things, um, yet now he's pandering to the conservative Republicans. So I'm curious as to what you all think about his choice of endorsing Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Well, I I thought it was interesting that Dr. Oz got dropped by Columbia, um, Columbia University. They cut ties with him right after he got the Trump endorsement. Um, But I think I see um, Dr. Oz as, you know, yes, he was always known as like the liberal, more of more liberal leaning, but I think that he's turned away from that. I get the feeling from him that he's one of the, the liberal people who, or the liberal media people who kind of saw the light or have seen the light, who have kind of understood that all of this liberal nonsense is just such hypocrisy. And I think that that's, 
I kind of saw I, I looked at it like I think Trump saw that in him. And that was why he went with that endorsement, not to mention the fact that he does have the name recognition. It was interesting because I have not listened to Dr. Oz. So I, I have less of an opinion. However, I have a good friend who is the vice president of a large bank. And she said to me the other night, you know, I was listening to Dr. Oz speak. He should be president. And I thought, Wow. I mean, he must have said something really good for her to say that because she, first of all, she's not a political person and to really get it into whatever he was saying. So I, I would imagine that he was saying all the right things for her. And, I, and I'm not that familiar with that particular race in Pennsylvania. Um, since it's coming up very quickly, I am going to dig into it and I'm going to see what's going on and, you know, uh, educate myself because I, it's just really interesting to me to see what happens with these candidates. So I, I, I'm, I can't give any more than that, Julie, because I haven't studied Dr. Oz too much. Well, also, uh, I mean, Oz, Dr. Oz has been on TV for, you know, I don't know, 18 or 20. And I think that Trump looks at that and says, okay, the guy's got staying power, you know, he's, that, that's got to make him popular. That's, he's certainly famous. And so, you know, Trump likes that. And I think that that's why I think, you know, a lot of that was probably what was behind Trump's endorsement. I agree with you. I think he looks at Dr. Oz much in the way that he looked at himself as uh, more of a populist than uh, a conservative, though he may be swaying to those, you know, ways right now for his talking points and his campaign. Um, I agree. I think that he feels like Number one, he needs to pick people who can win. And with his endorsement and his star power uh, and his name recognition, that certainly he can. Um, but Linda, you'll have to tell his friend, your friend, that he can never be president because he wasn't born in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I want to ask real quick what, what both of your opinion is on Georgia with uh, the governor's race there with Kemp and Purdue. Obviously, President Trump. Uh, has endorsed Purdue because he's really mad at Kemp for, for not, uh, well, for certifying the election in Georgia. That, that was a place where I believe that there was just a tremendous amount of fraud. And I think Trump was right about that, but you know, I like Kemp too. I think he's done some good things there. And I like the new uh, voting regulations that they put over there because that was a disaster last time with the mail-in votes, just an absolute disaster. And, and I think that um, the changes that they made are good. So what's your thoughts on Kemp versus Purdue? It looks like Kemp is, is uh, widening his lead. He, he, I think that Kemp had some popularity there. Um, you know, certainly during COVID, I think he, he took, you know, center stage there. Um, I guess after that, during the election, yeah, Trump was was not happy with him and and so forth. I think that one's going to be a close one, and I don't know enough about um, Purdue to say whether or not he's going to take it. But um, it certainly looks right now that that Kemp is is pushing the lead. Yes, it's interesting that um, Kemp is meeting with uh, George W. Bush today. Uh, to what? do yes 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 shockingly enough he is <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting move for Kemp because you know you have 
the MAGA Republicans, and then you have, you know, the Mitch McConnell rhinos, and which most people would think that George W. Bush fits in that second category. So um, it's just kind of interesting that he would lean that way. And, um, but I guess he's got nowhere to go because he can't go towards MAGA with, with Donald Trump endorsing his opponent. So I, it looks like he's outreaching to more of moderate Republicans, maybe independents um, in that sense. I think he's probably well, also going after parents, you know, because he has, he has, you know, he signed that bill into law about discussing race in the classrooms. He's banning the instruction, you know, of teach, you know, that, that sort of um, curriculum and, and, you know, the instruction of what he calls divisive concepts. Um, that to me is going to be extremely, um, that's going to be a, a big, a big bone for, for, you know, getting parents behind him and mothers, especially, I mean, take a look at Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. That was a huge winning issue. So I think it's very smart of him to do that as well. Um, I think yeah. if he goes down that, 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 you know, that path, that's going to be a very, very positive thing for him. Yep. And I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, election year and we're going to be following it. We're going to keep talking about it on Ladies of Liberty and we'll be right back. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's Focus and Recall Vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD for a 20% off your first order of any Healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at americaoutloud.com. 
Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. I am going to introduce our host today. Today we have Alisa Akrangold. And Alisa, besides being a wonderful friend, uh, she has been a television producer on shows such as Good Morning America Sunday and 2020. And that was in her past life. But in her current life, I love her even more because she is my personal weight loss coach and my husband. And we've had so many friends ask us about her good work that they have um, jumped on her program and, and done an amazing job. So um, I, I just I just think that she offers people a, a new lease on life. I know she has for us. And Elisa is speaking with us today from Connecticut. We also have Julie Watson. Julie is a business owner. She hails from Florida and she has an agency in the communications business. So uh, Julie, welcome to you also. And I am Linda Martinelli. I am a business owner and I am in Texas. And I want to talk a little bit today about the big story with the leak from the Supreme Court. Uh, oh, I can't say it's the decision because the decision hasn't come out, but it was the draft of the decision on Roe v. Wade. And the, the person who decided to do this, I mean, th- this is, there's some vindictiveness here with somebody because this is a really nasty act, in my opinion, to um, just go against the, the commitments that you make for, um, you know, j- just, what do I want to say, ladies? I want, you know, having the ethics to keep your mouth shut, basically, when, when you are dealing with the Supreme Court justices, so they have law clerks. Each one, by the way, has seven people that assist them. So that leaves uh, at least 63 people that could have been a leaker in this instance. But my guess would be that it would be somebody on the side of one of the justices who was in the minority opinion and didn't like the opinion. And they decided on their own to create an entire hullabaloo in the country, which they've done a grand job of. I hope they find this person because this this is a, just a really serious break in um, the security and the privacy of those justices. And it's, I just find it really, really upsetting. I, I It is so shocking. I mean, it's kind of like the Will Smith Act of the Supreme Court. You know, you know, to be able to to have the gumption to go and leak something like that, which is just, you know, you just don't do that in the Supreme Court. And I think that that's just inherent. And, you know, you take an oath of confidentiality when you decide to take any sort of clerkship there. We don't know that it was a clerk. It could have who knows who it was, but um, it was so reckless. And I can't even imagine you know, what the ramifications will be when that person is discovered, they will find out. Absolutely. They will find out. Um, but that's even a bigger story than the, the, you know, the draft of, uh, the overturning Roe v. Wade to begin with. I mean, that's to me, I'm, I'm more interested in finding out who that, what, you know, what the outcome of that is, as opposed to the whole Roe v. Wade thing. I think that the people on the left are out of their minds over this. They are, they've taken it, so far um, sort of off course, it is not the end of abortion. It is not, you know, making abortion illegal. There are going to be, there's going to be plenty of access to abortion if you need an abortion, but you know, it's a, it's a, 
a very interesting and complicated issue. And it's not just, oh, let's go protest because now they're taking away rights of women because that's not what it is. Well, I agree with you, Elisa and Linda. Uh, you know, the act of just leaking it is shocking, but this is not the first leak the Supreme Court has endured this season. Um, if you remember six months ago, it was leaked that uh, Justice Bauer was going to be retiring or that they wanted him to retire early. Uh, he had never made that comment publicly and he was forced to make that comment because it was leaked. Um, so I think there, and there have been some other issues in early in the season um, of leaks through this court. So uh, unfortunately the, the justice group has not put an end to it early on. And I think ultimately not only will they find out who it is, I think the person will confess because they will be um, heralded by the left of you know, a saint and, you know, a self-righteous, you know, for the good of all people that they did what they had to do and, and they did it in spite of the demise of their career, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that th whoever this person is will become a hero, unfortunately, uh, in the making. So, uh, but I do agree also that, of course, anything, you know, abortion is always the hot topic. Uh, whenever there's an election coming up, it's, it's always the hot potato that gets thrown around. Um, and it's just a lot of fear mongering. Um, I don't ever think abortions are going away. Uh, I don't think cell phones are going away. I don't think something that's been around for 50 years is just going to mysteriously, you know, evaporate and, and not be uh, accessible in this country. And there are a lot of there are a lot of other countries that are extremely Christian and Catholic based, like Mexico, like Venezuela, um, that are currently legalizing abortions. So you can see that you know the trend, you know, globally is going towards that. I think, you know, I haven't read the quote unquote leaked decision itself, um, but I've heard synopsis of it, and I think. The reality is it just goes back to states' rights. My question is, why now? Well, I think I know why now, because it gives the Democrats, you know, a torch to carry and a talking point for women. And then, you know, then the next talking point will be, well, what's next after women? Will it be, you know, gay rights? Will it be, you know, it, it'll just go down this slippery slope of commentary of rights being taken away. So it's interesting that this is being discussed and, and, you know, I guess voted on or decided upon now. And, you know, in my mind, I just feel it's a huge political move versus no, the, the something that the, the reason it is, Julie, is because of the case that came before the court. And the, the timing is not great in an election year, but that's when it came before the court. So uh, th that part I get. And, and it's interesting that that months ago, when the Supreme Court decided that they would look at this case and that this you know came on their docket for this year, um, my husband and I were talking about it on our show, Talking While Married, and 
I said at the time, you know, after thoroughly reading the whole, every side of the issue, that this, this is a state's rights issue. This never should have been federal law. And that, that is really what the justices are writing at this point. Uh, and it's not going to stop abortions. It's simply taking it back to the states. That's where it belonged. It was a very flawed decision. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that at the time, that, she, that, it, that it's flawed. It, the basis on which that decision was made was, was not the constitutional way that it should have been made. So it will go back to the states. Now, there are 11 states that have already, they, they have, um, I don't know, what kind of uh, something already that says it, that if, if the Supreme Court ever uh, puts this back to the states, then their states will automatically go to having no abortion. 11 states, and Texas, where I live, is one of them. There are 22 states that have said, nope, we will have abortion and they have different um, rules that they are making around, you know, how late you can have an abortion or the reason for an abortion or whatever parameters they want to put. And then the rest of the states, I don't think, have, have chimed in yet as to what they're doing. So abortions will be available. And there are states that still believe in, in no abortions and they believe in the sanctity of life. And um, you know, the thing that bothers me about this is now we're having, I mean, almost riots again. We're having violence. We, we just had violence in Los Angeles against the police. What, what do the police have to do with this? You know, nothing. It's just an excuse for people to get out there and cause trouble again. And Elizabeth Warren was off the rails about this. I mean, her, her she looked honestly like a crazy woman talking about this. She was so incensed about, about this but nobody's stopping abortions. So abortions will still be happening. Um, and we can have a whole conversation about whether we agree with that or not, but it's neither here nor there. The decision just from a legal standpoint is right. But I want to say one more thing. Since 1973, when Roe v. Wade happened, we've had somewhere between 64 and 69 million children aborted. Just think about what those children would mean to our country in, in all those years. And that we are in a zero population growth right now in, in America, that's going to affect us down the road with having enough people uh, to do all the jobs that need to be done. We're an aging society because we're not replacing ourselves. Think about 64 to 69 million children and think about 7% of the population being black females having 19 million of those abortions and, and how things would have changed if we had that additional population here. Instead, we've got them flowing over the border. It is, it is disturbing. Um, you know, I think that most people support abortion rights, but but most people recognize that you need to have some sort of limit on abortion. I mean, I don't think that you should be able to get an abortion at, you know, after six months of pregnancy. I mean, that's really, I had a situation with my first child 
who, and I used to be, you know, Miss, Miss liberal media worker who, you know, I was all for, you know, pro-choice and, and, you know, women's rights and, and, you know, my body, my choice and all of that until I got pregnant with my first child. And when I had, I had an amniocentesis and it came out that he had a, what was called a chromosome inversion, which means very simply that one, a piece of one of the chromosomes breaks off during conception, inverts itself, and then reattaches itself. And during that process, that like one second process that that happened, you know, the question was what, what uh, DNA could have been deleted at that point and what sort of ramifications would that have? And at that point I was 20 weeks pregnant and I had an ultrasound and I, you could see the full baby, you know, totally formed, moving around. And I will never forget that my obstetrician said to me, I would chuck this baby and start over. And I was <laughs> so horrified. I was horrified. I was like, what? <laughs> There's a baby in there. How could you, you know? And we we spoke with, with rabbis. We spoke with, you know, um, other counselors, you know, genetic counselors about what the chances were that he would be born with some sort of deficit or whatever. In the meantime, P.S., he was born 100% intact and, and thank God everything is was fine. But we got to the point where, we were faced with the decision. Should we end the pregnancy? My husband and I, and we said, you know what? There is no way we're ending this pregnancy, no matter what happens. Because at that point, when you see a child and a baby in utero like that, how could you, how could you end that? How could you, how could you go and have an abortion? There was no way I could have. And that instance changed my entire view of abortion. So I do think that somebody who knows that that their child is going to be born with some severe abnormal, you know, something fetal abnormality or some sort that, you know, okay, that they should have the choice. And clearly there are certain instances that, you know, you should, you should take a look at. I don't, you can't generalize it. I think it's a case by case basis. Um, so, you know, you have to have access to abortion for sure, but the notion of just, you know, using it as a form of birth control or just kind of willy nilly throwing that around, like chuck the baby and start over. I was horrified. I was like, absolutely not. So now I do not look at it, you know, as, as such a, an easy issue. Um, I do not look at it as like absolute pro-choice and that's it. It's just not like that. It's not so black and white. And as, as Bill Clinton said, I, you know, he said abortion should be safe, legal and rare. And I fully agree with that, actually. I would agree with all of, uh, you know, what you just said. Um, you know, here in the state of Florida, we just had a state legislature um, put together some language, um, obviously continuing abortion, but I want to say I think it was 12 weeks or 14 weeks. I'm not quite sure. Um, so they brought down the legal time period in which you could. Uh, so it was over the six weeks of some very conservative states. And then, but I, I think it's 12 or 14 now. And they, they created quite an uprising here, um, just bringing it down to, you know, realistic under four months pregnancy uh, guidelines. And I really feel like for, maybe I was naive, but I felt like 
the issue of abortion was a little bit curtailed, let's say 10 years ago when, when everybody was at the 12 or 14 week uh, goal, you know, marking there until they took it all the way up to, you can have an abortion uh, when the baby's born, uh, you know, a, on the table as the baby's being born. And I feel like when they push those limits to that reality, um, you know, I think most people were, uh, whether you were pro-life or not, you were amenable to realistic under four months. But I just feel like this became such, you know, a, a hot point because to your point, Elisa, you know, you saw that baby and, and that was a fully formed child. And, and how can anyone even conceive of, you know, a nine month old child, and then they just, you know, go about what they're going to do. So I can't even uh, imagine, you know, I, I, I have to comment on what you said, Julie, there, because I, I, the 14 weeks or the 12 weeks is, I just find really disturbing. I, my, um, two twin grandsons, um, passed last year at, uh, about 16 weeks. So mm-hmm. about four months and I held them while they were still breathing. They were fully formed little people, completely fully yeah. formed little people. Uh, they, they were fraternal twins. They looked completely different one from the other, uh, there, there was nothing that was not there as a human being and they were breathing as they were born, but they couldn't be saved. I, there's no way I can't imagine sucking a child out in pieces at that age. I just can't even imagine it. And, you know, I, I do have the debate in my heart about uh, if there's a problem with the child, if the child is going to have some major defect, I, I, that that's a that's a real challenge for me because I don't want to see anybody go through life that way. But um, you know, Texas has the six week fetal heartbeat rule, and I I I'm not okay with any of it to be honest. But but if but if it has to be done, then the six week fetal heartbeat rule. Um, it is better even at six weeks when their heart is formed, that, 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 that little baby is a baby in its form. So this is a tough one, but either way, the people going crazy in the country over this leak and the leaker needs to be caught um, and needs to be punished severely. The people that are going crazy over it are misunderstanding what this means. And it's also unnecessary. And all it's going to do is cause more chaos, more rioting, more divisiveness in this country, um, just because of one selfish, inconsiderate, foolish person. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. You've been in that situation. The person next to you is sniffling or worse yet, (coughs) coughing. Flu, cold, and coronaviruses are everywhere. 
Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to reduce these threats with an invisible mask as an additional layer of protection? Sold by hundreds of pharmacists and medical doctors, our American-made povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray, Cofix RX, lasts for hours deactivating viruses and germs while protecting you from airborne pathogens that make us sick. America Out Loud listeners get 20% off. Use Cofix RX while in large groups, while traveling, or for any other type of high-risk situation as an additional layer of protection to help reduce your likelihood of catching a cold, the flu, or SARS-CoV-2 viruses. Right now, America Out Loud listeners get 20% off of all orders. Click our banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Well, I have found it so interesting to watch Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida um, sort of stand up to some of the issues that have been going on there. For example, what has gone on in, at Disney with Don't Say Gay and how he's how he has made it illegal to teach, you know, CRT, critical race theory, and talking about these inappropriate things to young children in schools. And I just, I love how he has no fear in standing up to these people. Um, I I think I could see a, a huge political future for, for Ron DeSantis. Um, and I just wonder, do, do mo- I know, Julie, you live there. Do most people, do you find that most people love what he's doing or is he getting some backlash there? Alisa, here in Florida, everybody, whether you're a, a rational Democrat, an independent, or a Republican, everybody loves Ron DeSantis. Now, does he have his uh, haters? Yes, of course he does. Um, because as you said, he does not hold back. And he is uh, very Trump-esque. And for those of us who are missing that kind of backbone in our country, uh, we definitely have it here in Florida, which is really amazing. We um, you know, we, he really handled COVID in a very different way than I would say maybe 47 of the other states. There might've been a few other states that were kind of went along with him, but he really kept our state open. He kept us employed. He gave the citizens of Florida treatment when we needed it. Um, which was very controversial. He, you know, he realized that he was swimming across uh, against the stream and he was not forcing vaccinations. If you wanted to be vaccinated, fine. If you didn't want to be vaccinated, you didn't have to be. Um, And he made it illegal for employers here to force that issue to the degree that he could um, some of the smaller middle businesses But what he did on the other hand of it was he decided in the world of COVID that it was time to live with what was going on, but it was time to treat COVID and not just force vaccinations. So interesting story is, you know, my husband is a kidney transplant. He takes immune suppressants every single day. And so he is a very high risk um, COVID person, you know, person for COVID. So we had... um, in the month of December, we had decided, since we're empty nesters per se, we moved to Charleston for the month. And right after we got there, um, my husband contracted COVID and he was fairly sick with it. And so we rushed to the emergency room and we said, 
Um, you know, he's a transplant, you know, his doctors say he needs the monoclonal antibody treatment and the people, and this is in South Carolina. So we're talking a red state here. And the, the people at the hospital said, I'm sorry, you're not going to get the treatment. You're just not sick enough. And that was baffling to us because we were Floridians and we've been living in this land of freedom. And here we were being denied treatment and it was just more than we could really grasp. So I just looked at him and, and I said, let's just get in the car and drive back to Florida tomorrow. And that's exactly what we did. And we drove four hours to Jacksonville and we walked into one of Governor DeSantis's treatment centers where anybody, whether you were exposed or positive with COVID, you walked in, regardless of whether you could, whether you had insurance or not, you received the monoclonal antibody treatment. And it was took us no more than 45 minutes. We were both out the door uh, treated and we never had another symptom. So, but that fear that people around the country, I'm sure were living in, really was not happening in Florida because we had a solution to it. So he knew COVID was a problem. He created a solution. The federal government didn't like it. They took away his the, the treatment supplies. So he went out of the Florida budget and he purchased it himself. So he is, like you said, he's very a take charge kind of guy. Um, most Floridians I talk to are really afraid that he may run for presidency if Trump does not run. Most people in Florida do not believe that he will primary with Trump if Trump decides to primary, that he will take a pass and wait for the next time around. Um, and as much as everyone in Florida would love to see Ron DeSantis probably as president someday, we're all a little selfish too, because we've really had it fairly well here and we don't want to lose him. Um, as it pertains to the Disney issue, he really was just taking, like you said, on critical race theory and this, this kind of behavior that's going on in talking points inside the, the younger schools. So when he passed that law, it really doesn't, the word gay is never even in the law or homosexuality or anything else. There, there's nothing about that in the law. It really, it, it just says like teachers, they can't talk about heterosexual sex or homosexual sex or sex between animals. Like there's and no that's talk for, about sex. And that's for kindergarten through third grade. Who can argue with that? Right. I don't understand. But what they did was, you know, the anti-DeSantis folks. And like I said, there are some. Um, they spun it to try to turn it into a hate bill. And it really has nothing to do with that. It's a protection bill. It is not a hate bill, but I have very many LGBT friends and I watch their feeds and immediately they were posting memes about, I can't believe our governor said, don't say gay. And so it, it's just been way blown out of proportion. And I know the rest of the country's watching it. Um, but we'll see how it plays up. I mean, they Disney really went after him with his decision and I feel like they really poked a hornet's nest because he is now in the process, well, the state legislature is in the process and he's going to approve that they lose all of their 
special jurisdictions and all their special accommodations they have and, and tax relief that they have in Florida. So it'll be interesting to see how that sticks um, from the Disney side of things, whether they whether that CEO gets flipped based on his decision or whether DeSantis blinks. I you know, don't Julie, think he's going to blink. I have blink. a question there. Um, I read that Disney is backing down and has now said that they will stay out of the politics because they don't want to lose their special tax situation <laughs> there. And um, so I've, I heard that they are, that they're backing down. Now that doesn't mean that governor DeSantis is backing down, but um, one of the legislators in Florida told Disney that there's a chance that they'll give it back to you if you stop this. So have you heard about that? Uh, I've not heard about them giving it back to them. And, and there's a lot of discussions about it. Um, Disney really has it very, very good in Florida. So, um, you know, I'm a native of Florida, so I've been around a long time when Disney was created. And Disney really is its own government. It has its own, it, it's completely self-sufficient. But that also means that they receive a tremendous amount of tax breaks um, in the state of Florida. If you look at their stock, you can see exactly what has happened. Um, shareholders realize that if they have to start paying the type of accommodations um, and taxes to Florida that they have so graciously been able to avoid, that they're going to lose billions of dollars. And so I think Disney has no choice but to back down. Um, but does that mean that they themselves will not continue pushing some of their narratives? Yes, they may. But I have not heard um, about the Florida legislature backing down at all. I'm positive Ron DeSantis is not going to back down. So you think they're going to go through with it and, and finalize that? Uh, I have another question. I, I would kind of think, I agree with you on the take of uh, Ron DeSantis running for president. I don't think he will if Trump does. But let's say that Trump does not run for president. How is Governor DeSantis's wife doing at this point? She's doing really well. Um, First Lady Casey DeSantis uh, is in full remission. And um, he announced, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, that she was cancer-free. And uh, so she seems to be on the upswing and everything is, you know, seems to be doing well. So he has some adorable children. She's a wonderful first lady. He really stood by her, of course, through all her treatment. Um, and there were some times that he was MIA because he was with her at treatment. And uh, so he's had a lot to handle. And it's very similar to what you said, Linda, about Trump in the presidency. He accomplished so much, even with all that he was, that was thrown at him, right? The impeachments and the, the Russia gate and all that stuff. Well, it's very similar here in Florida. There is a lot of people slinging things, whether it's, you know, corporations and, and the Disney folks, or whether it's just mother nature taking its course with cancer against the first lady. Um, he has had to deal with a lot of uh, issues, 
but he has certainly achieved a lot, even in the same situation. Well, I, I admire what, what they both have gone through there. And I, I was pretty shocked, but not, but not shocked at people that were complaining about him being MIA at some events and in some places and, and using that against him when he was with his wife getting cancer treatments, which is where he belonged. And, you know, good for him, good for him that he didn't put politics before his family. So I admire him a lot. I do hope he's president someday. Um, you know, we, we have to wait till after the 2022 elections. And that is when Donald Trump said that he would announce whether he was going to run. Um, I just think that that Governor DeSantis has done a fantastic job in Florida. And another great governor is our Governor Abbott in Texas. But I don't think he's quite as proactive as has been um, Governor DeSantis. So that there are things that, that he's definitely doing on the border. I, I personally, I feel that he could have done more. I think that since the federal government has decided to uh, be lawless, and do what they want to do against what the law of the land is, that he should have done the same thing right back. And every time he seems to make a move, uh, the federal government sues us in Texas and, you know, it's, it's costing a lot of money, but either way, uh, both good governors and uh, you are very fortunate to have a man of such character there. I think. What do you think is going to be the, the tipping point for Trump deciding after the 22 election, you know, the November election here. I mean, if, if we have a red wave, you think he's just going to jump right in and go for it? Uh, I'm assuming you're throwing that to me since I'm in Florida. <laughs> Either um, one. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's going to come down to, can he win? Um. I think there will be a red wave. So I think that is going to happen regardless. Um, I, I just feel like I don't think he could handle a perceived third loss. So I, I think right now, though, he's keeping his cards pretty close to his vest, but he's teasing it quite a bit. I mean, he's doing rallies and, you know, of course, his core wants him to come back and finish what he started. I don't know. I hope that people who might have voted for Biden see the difference now. And I hope that they say to themselves, listen, I'd rather have a mean tweet than, you know, six dollar gallons of gas. I don't know if that will happen. I, I feel like. I, I really hope it does, because I would love to see Donald Trump run again. I think it would be, it, you know, if the election laws are cleaned up and he has a real chance. Um, I think anything can happen. Again, I do believe that a lot will fall on Melania. And um, I don't, even though she would pretty much do anything for him, and I feel that she does stick by his side, I don't know if she's up for that again. That's a tough place to live in that fishbowl. And I think she's really enjoying her freedom, even though it is Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> But because um, you don't really see her, I don't see her out and about, you know, being um, cited in Palm Beach. So I think she also is somewhat still protected in that sense. But 
I don't know. What do you think, Linda? Well, I, I don't know what his decision is going to be either, but you know, I will say that I hope that after these 2022 elections, that if he does decide to run, I hope he takes it in the direction that he did the first time, because what he talked about in his rallies, which are still phenomenally successful, uh, was he talked about the problems and how he was going to solve them. And I want to see him talk about the future and not the past. We, we can't change what happened. I mean, we, we can change the conditions that caused what happened. A lot of states don't want to do that, though, because they, they want that fraud to happen because they want to have that the vote go the way that they want. And that's so unfortunate. So I do hope that we can uh, strengthen the laws as many places as we can and, and learn something from it. I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not at the point where I believe it's yet that we're ha- going to have free and fair elections in every state. I just don't, I don't think we're there yet. And that's really disturbing because that's third world country stuff. But I, I would be excited to see Trump talking about future things and how he's going to fix this mess that Biden has made. And, um, leave the past go. And that, that would make me happy. Oh, that would make me happy too. I, I agree. I, again, I have to say, I just really hope he is careful with his rhetoric because that is the one thing that makes an independent voter or even a Republican voter a little bit leery about voting for him, myself included. I mean, obviously if he is the, if he is the candidate, of course I'm voting for him. I'm, I would never ever vote for a, a Democrat. I think that that is the greatest, the gravest threat to our country today is that progressive left. Um, but I worry that Trump is going to blow it for himself if he doesn't tone that down. But okay, let's hope that he does. Um, but I, again, I also was kind of worried like how much it seemed that it was a it was a no brainer that it was we were going to have a red tsunami basically in November. But with this abortion stuff, you know, that is such a hot button issue. And it always is that I just wonder if that's going to that's going to sort of, um, you know, uh, energize the the Democrats because they were, I think, feeling a little bit deflated lately. I think it will. I absolutely think it will energize the Democrats. But the fact is that more people wanted Roe v. Wade, Wade to be gone, then wanted it to stay. So you don't hear that on the news, but poll after poll shows that. And also the amount of abortions in our country have been going down year after year. So where we were at like 1.2 million a year, we're, we're up right about 700 and some thousand now. That, that's a significant drop. So I think that, that the mentality as we have learned more about Uh, life of a fetus. I I think that that it's changed some. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 